What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. There's a few things in life you do, and then like right after you do them, you're like, you know, like you make a decision, and then right uh-huh. after you're like, man, this was stupid. Like you justify it and you rationalize it in your head, but then when the time comes, you're just like, what? Why? <laughs> Today is one of those days, folks. You're in Florida. I'm not speaking to you, Jesse, because I. It's not Jesse's fault, but I am holding him responsible. What did I do? Exactly. What? Nothing. Nothing. I am literally what? sitting on the third floor balcony looking at the ocean. It is 85 degrees. There's not a cloud in sight. Palm trees. No. I will not take over the blame the for this. No one told you to do this. I said I would. I tell so- you what else I'm is so nice. Low. Let me tell you what else I'm is so nice low. about the Gulf Coast here. When you get a, a storm on the west side of or the, yeah, on the west side, you get a little bit of a little bit of surf here, which it makes it even better. 1105. What? You like surf, like the waves? I like the waves. I'm not trying to just, unlike you, I like a little activity out there. I know you, you just like to float. You don't have to move for three hours because you can okay, naturally float. Unlike, unlike a child, I can naturally float. I don't like to brag about that. Even when I did lose a good amount of weight, I could still float. So don't say it's just a fat thing. Besides that. that, though, besides that, are you one of those guys who goes out there and like punches the waves? Like, oh, Pun- I'm going to no, get them. Um, no, okay. but I'm a wave rider. Ride a or wave die. Rider. I never ride saw you ride a wave. Oh, Do dude, I can boards? I could ride waves better than anything you've ever. So, so that's the first thing, right? I was like, no, 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 we'll do. I'll, no, I want to come into a pod. Jesse was totally like, just take the week. Like, he doesn't care. Instead, I was like, no, no, let me let me do a show. This would be great. Stupid idea. Number one. Number two. I'm reminded of how much I hate doing a show without being in the same room as you. That yeah, is I atrocious. Number three. To add to that, oh, man, what's a good word for that? To Horse add hockey. to add to that debacle. We're going to oh, have blue. another guest on well, oh, debacle. Yeah. We're going to go with. Okay. So there's going to be three of us idiots talking. So it's going to be a great show. We're excited. And the Celtics <laughs> won the game yesterday, which is where I want to start. That's what I figured. I think if, if nothing else, you have enough to passionately speak on the Celtics for a good solid 30 minutes until our guest gets here. I won't say 30? another word Oof. that way. <laughs> Isn't I don't want to be on this show for 30 minutes total. It's vacation week. That's fair. That's fair. Where, um, by the way, you are in Florida. You come back when? Just so I know, are you going to be back for Monday show a oh, week yeah. from now? Don't okay. worry about that. I'll be here. I'm so excited because I'm so nervous about Thursday. I don't know why. I shouldn't just cancel be. it. If you, if you don't no, want to do it, just can- there's no way in the world. I already got a guest plan, so we're good. I mean, it sounds I'm not going to tell you. Did you watch any of the Celtics game yesterday? We have to start here, obviously. No, we were in uh, Smyrna and with people, family, friends, all that stuff, so... Couldn't watch it. I was just checking the scores, updating on my phone. And once I saw in like the third or was it third quarter or uh, early fourth quarter, when I saw the disparity in points, I was like, oh, okay. Well, this this would not be as exciting at this point anyway. Yeah. Tatum played finally like I want to see him play in a closeout game. 51 points uh, dominated from the second quarter on, I would say. Uh, P.J. Tucker, of course, dominating the first quarter. That Celtics win yesterday gives me hope that this team can beat anybody as opposed to game five when I'm like, man, 
they could literally get. First of all, they're not going to beat Philly. Second of all, even if they do, they're getting beat by the Heat in the in the in the finals, the Eastern Conference Finals. Yesterday's team, though, just on a basketball note, to me is the most well-rounded uh, team in basketball. Tatum can score as good as anybody when he wants to, and when he's not whining to the refs, when he just goes hard to the rim, when he's shooting like that, he is almost unstoppable. Jalen Brown is as good a number two player as there is in the league. And then just a the complimentary guys, they have the six six man of the year. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, who comes off the bench, he did it yesterday, played perfectly off the bench. Marcus Smart, uh, Derek White playing great defense. Your boy, the Time Lord, although he only had like six or eight points. Robert Williams, just again, very effective in the paint. And then Al Horford gives him big minutes without scoring many points. That team, to me, wins the championship. With that being said, do you give any credit to how poorly the Sixers played? Oh, of course. That's the other side of the coin, by the way. Number one, Tatum is... is solidifying himself, especially if they make the finals. The dude is 25 years old. I know everybody's super high on Luka. You should be. Luka's amazing. Guys like Ja, bang, bang. Maybe not anymore. Um, (laughs) Too soon? He didn't fire (laughs) a gun. He's okay. Too Um, soon. We'll stop. They love Ja. They love, you know, Wembenyama. Everybody's excited for all these other guys. You know, Joker, Giannis, a little bit older, but much more, uh, many more accolades to this point. But you get the glimpse yesterday of a guy, and then you start thinking back. Okay, Tatum also made a championship last year. He, he may make it this year. I think he will. If Tatum wins a championship this year, again, you've got guys like LeBron and Anthony Davis kind of out of that top five realm. I mean, LeBron, maybe not, but but at some point very soon next season, his age, Anthony Davis made a glass. Like all of a sudden it becomes Tatum is the guy who has back-to-back championship appearances, finals appearances, and is playing at a level like this. It's ridiculous. They got the supporting cast, all hype on the Celtics side. But to your point, the flip side is this. Philly does what Philly does. Like, Doc Rivers, I'm sorry, Doc Rivers is the most overrated big game coach in the history of basketball. Maybe the most overrated coach in basketball, period. He stinks when it counts. The guy's a clown. They're getting blown out in the second, the third quarter, they came out and went, I think it was six minutes and 25 seconds without a basket. They called one time out at the beginning of that. 10 points the whole quarter. He's a buffoon. (laughs) <laughs> like, dude, do so. He's sitting down the whole time talking to the Martian, Sam Cassell, who's still to this day the largest head you've ever seen. It was comical to see him in person play. It's even worse seeing him on the bench. Him and Doc just sitting there hanging out, you know, talking about the two for one deal at Hardy's after there. Like, I'm going to Hardy's too, man. I love their sandwiches. Don't need to be talking about a two for one deal. What, how much of that is sarcasm and how much is real? Because two for one deals. There's at a Hardee's Whataburger here good. too. Bogo Bro. at Whataburger. I'm in. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You don't need You're to have those conversations dream. in the game, though. Sure, fair. Me and okay. Doc wants to go to Whataburger with me. I'll take him. Love the place. You want to go to Whataburger? We'll go to Whataburger. Perfect yeah, Pig, no, by in. the way. Greatest restaurant in Florida. I love that place. That You guys love that place too much. Overrated. It was fine, but geez. Well, you and your many... wife have this thing. If it's not your idea, it can't be great. So that it's just is fine. so not true. Uh, it's back just to a the one-note pony. Back to the point, though. Doc Rivers is, is an overrated head coach. Joel Embiid was dominant and deserved the MVP and showed you precisely why that is a regular season award. Joel Embiid yesterday, I think, I'm not, I, I should have had it in front of me. I'm going to say he had 16 points and shot five for 18. I believe uh, that's very close. Very close. He had 15 points. Even worse. Um, his stats actually, oh, hang and, on. But he did, shoot five, he did shoot five for 18, eight okay. rebounds, 15. Like that, that is a, in a game seven, when you're up, by the way, you're up three to two. He just lost back-to-back to this team. He didn't show up. He was horrible in the game. He had no effect. The only person more useless than him was James Harden. And this is the MO. These are great regular season players. James Harden is another guy who has no business being on a roster in a big game in the in the playoffs. Here's his stat line. 41 points, 3 for 11, 9 points. Cool. Thanks for playing, James. Does that mean James is James Harden done? Basically, no, I mean he's, he's thirty three years old. I I just I don't know. Like I'm just, after watching that and then seeing you know Curry's thirty five, Durant's thirty four, Harden's thirty three, LeBron is I don't know fifty. When do some of these when do some of these guys start to no longer be you know as relevant because you have to factor in age that they're not going to play like they used to. But of those guys. Curry still played out of his mind most of the year. LeBron is still playing and playing great. Durant at times is still a top five player in the league. Um, injuries, and he goes to a new team, so I understand that. 
but yeah, with James Harden, I guess my point, my, my question is like, at what point, and then, oh, and Bede comes out in his press conference, me and James can't do it alone. Well, Maxi played great, as did Tobias Harris. And Tucker had 11 points in the first quarter and didn't score again after that. And only played 20 minutes. That's a coaching issue. You have plenty of help on that team. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I just don't, I, I, this, this whole thing of me and James need more help. You and James need to play like one and twos. You're the MVP. You put up 15 points and went five for 18 and were, of, I mean, just not, not useful at all. By the way, even his rebounding. Dude's 19 feet tall and had eight rebounds. Like, how is it Tatum has 13, Horford has 10, and you have eight? He, he was garbage yesterday, but that has always been the knock on Embiid and on Harden. They do not show up in big games. In their card market, by the way, I, I, there was a little bit of buildup to them, but that's why we talked about on last show, Harden pricing wasn't going through the roof. Embiid pricing, although was up a little bit, for a guy who just won MVP and was up three to two in a series, should have been up way more. It wasn't. This is the reason. The hobby, at least. I, I can't speak for basketball minds because I don't know. You know, they do whatever they do. In the hobby, this is the reason people don't blow up and just go crazy with Embiid and Harden stuff. Because we know eventually they're going to just crap. They're going to crap themselves. Like it's not they're just going to blow in the big game. It is kind of amazing how far he has dropped, even since the MV, even when they were still playing and doing well, he was on a decline. He's basically been on a decline since early April. And some of that speaks to the overall market, right? It is interesting that the card market is is hitting another one of these drops. We had a little bit of a period where I was kind of starting to think, man, we've kind of leveled off. Things have chilled out. I don't really, like, like things are dropping again. Like, it is strange. I know you say that, but it, I think it's mainly basketball because when you look at like, uh, especially I was looking on the card ladder index over the last week and the last month, over the last week of the 27 categories they've got, you know, football, basketball, all the different stuff, only uh, 11, I'm sorry, uh, 11 of them are actually up over the last week of the 27 though, the most down is hockey and it's only down two and a half percent. And then if you expand it out to a month, that's where you see um, things are a little more rough, but basketball is only down seven and a half percent over the last month. That's actually a slower decline than what we've been seeing for out throughout the first part of the year. So it does actually, other than basketball, which again, I think there's a lot of people who don't like the class. If you look at like football prism this year, prism prices for a box of prism are actually up right now. It's like, 675 i think it's up to 725 right now oh, good as of like a week or two ago you know what it is then to your point man honestly the basketball thing is i guess myself and a lot of other people we were just wrong we thought we were seeing a leveling off about a month two months ago but then playoff hype things are going to go crazy and it hasn't like even tatum i spent a good part of the morning looking up tatum sales just since last night by the way i put in the filter of only sales made last night which was basically a couple hours after the game ended and then today First of all, not a ton of volume of sales, which is a good thing. That actually tells me people are confident, I'm gonna, which is where I'm at. I've got some nice, nice Tatum stuff. If they go on a championship run, I will sell everything this year. I'm not a Tatum lifer. I like the guy, but I don't really care to keep his stuff forever. But it was interesting to me that the, the pricing wasn't through the roof. There was a couple of just like regular cars. And again, we're talking about base PSA 10s. So I get there's been a lot of fear in the market. But like Hoops t PSA 10s, 90 and 100 bucks. They were doing that a few months ago. Maybe they were 80 bucks a month, but they weren't like this crazy drop. Uh, Optic, 130 to 150. Eh. Prism, 50-50, whether they were cracking 200 or not. That's that's kind of wild to me. I guess I just expected more, but it plays along with the narrative. Like things are not taking off like we thought, and maybe it's just a championship that does that. So uh, either way, this is a big win for the hobby, in my opinion, that the Celtics won the game. I think the Celtics are, are, are much have much more upside than Embiid and Harden do. Like, I think Tatum and, and Brown going on a championship run playing out of the, out of control is a great thing for the hobby. I, I really do think it could help. I'm really curious with the fact that we're talking about basketball being really affected by all this, how this flawless product that we'll get to, we'll, we'll end up talking about new releases, but like it is being hyped a lot. I've seen, and it looks really good I, from the pictures that Panini have put out and other people who are hyping the product. It sounds, and it looks exciting, but at the end of the day, it's still a class that not a lot of people were very excited about. So it does Correct. beg the question, you know, where's the, where, where do we end up settling on this? Is it going to end up selling out? Are we going to see prices go up, down, same? Yeah. I, I'm very curious. Where's the beef is what you're trying to say. That's 
Whataburger, obviously. We sure. know that. We've already been to there. Yeah, I, I'm skeptical about that, too. Just real quick, too, out west, I think this is an absolute win for the hobby, no matter what out west. Either you got Joker and Jamal Murray, fantastic. And then side story, you know, MPJ and Aaron Gordon. Or you've got LeBron, Anthony Davis. You know, we'll see a little bit of a, of a resurgence in D'Angelo Russell, you know, Rui, um, uh, Lonnie Walker, Austin Reeves. That's great, too. I, the only downside to me is if the Miami, for the hobby, is if the Miami Heat make the championship. Jimmy Butler's great, and it'll be awesome for him. But there's nobody else on the team that I think is hobby relevant. So I hope we see the Celtics. I mean, honestly, Celtics Lakers would be the best Wouldn't hobby it, outcome. That'd be so cool. I'd but even even the that. Nuggets at this point, Joker's such a force. So, anyways, I'm excited. I was glad to see him win series. And then uh, Tuesday night, by the way, is the draft lottery. That's interesting to see who gets the first pick and who who you know who wins the Victor lottery. So, when does the actual draft take place? Do you know? Oh, I think it's a few weeks away. I want to say it's like, I, I was going to say like June 10th-ish, uh, but I don't know it, that. I know the lottery is Tuesday. Western Conference Finals starts Tuesday. Eastern Conference Finals starts on Wednesday. Looks like June 22nd. Very close. Very close. June 22nd. Okay. So yeah, that, the, the only reason I even bring that up, depending on where that kid goes, obviously there could be hype or there could be a feeling of eh. If Detroit wins that lottery pick, I don't think anybody's overly excited about Detroit, although on court. It could be interesting. I've got some talent there. Um, but if like Houston wins that, dude, to see him play with Jalen Green, Sagoon, like that's actually a kind of a talented roster. I, I don't know. I just think there could be some hype there. So I, I do think it's interesting to see who wins that lottery on Tuesday night. Do you think like as far as um, before we skip down to John Morant, I think we do have to talk about that. But uh, for the Lakers, the whole Austin Reeves, the Rui, like, do you think those guys have any staying power in the hobby? Because I know, I mean, Austin Reeves was playing very well in that finals game the other night. Uh, Rui has also had his moments throughout. Lonnie this. Walker played great. Yeah. yeah, I mean, do they have staying power? Probably not anywhere near what we're going to see in the next two weeks. Like, to me, those are perfect examples of guys you sell. But if you ask me to buy one of those three with a thought of, hey, midseason next year, who has this, who is still the most relevant? Austin Reeves is a legit starter and a better than average starter in the league who can score in bunches at times. So he, he's the guy. Well, someone had made a comparison like to a, a Matthew uh, Delavido. Delavidova. Uh, yeah, thank you. And Alex Caruso. Like somehow they, they do well for a while. And then after like the playoffs, after the championship, whatever the case, then they fall off. The I'm going to be gone. honest with you. Aside from all three of those guys being white, they have nothing. Like Delavidova was an extremely aggressive defender who was unbelievable running around chasing Curry. Caruso is an amazing finisher at the rim. I think Austin Reeves is a much better basketball player than either, either of those two. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, like, I'm trying to think of a guy who scores. A, like, honestly, I think Austin Reeves, now he can't shoot like him, but to me, Austin Reeves is similar to a Jordan Poole type. There are times when he comes in and takes over a game. He'll have some staying power, but there's games he also disappears. Very Honestly, to, to me, Jordan Poole might be a better example of production, not the way he gets there, though. Poole has range that Reeves obviously doesn't have. But I do think that's kind of a maybe a little bit more of a, of a better comparison. Okay, cool. Um, John Morant, any thoughts? <laughs> Here's the thing, oh. and they talked about this yesterday on ESPN. This is not a Grizzlies thing now. The first time that was a team suspension. This is now going to be a league suspension because it's it's conduct detrimental or whatever they're gonna. You know, it, what's funny about this too. The first thing I saw all over social, like the large response was, yeah, he's got a Second Amendment right like everybody else. Nobody's arguing that. But when you play in the NBA, you have code of conduct. Like you you sign in your contract. Yeah. There's rules of conduct, ethics, code, like all these things you sign. They can then decide, yeah, you have the right to do that. If you work with us, you don't have the right to do certain things. That I mean, that's just the real world. That's how it works. I think this kid's going to get a big suspension. I actually think he's going to get suspended like 10, 20 games next year. I hope I am way off and totally wrong about that, but I do. I, I think he's going to get suspended for like a significant chunk of the season, and it's bad timing for him. Bad loss to the Lakers. The market's already down. His pricing is lower now than it's been in years. You're going into the offseason. We've got other guys emerging. Other things are going to kind of fill the space of, you know, us, us card dummies only have so much capacity. There's a great rookie class coming out. So, yeah, I do think Ja probably gets gets forgotten and dropped off in a lot of people's minds, and rightfully so. There's some people who say, like, they're well, they don't know when the video actually was made. Like, was it made prior to his previous, you know, 
uh, pictures or videos with the gun. But you can kind of tell if you watch the video, the guy who's like holding the camera, when it flips to Ja holding the gun, that that picture that everyone's seen, the reason why you're not seeing more than that is because that's literally, it was like on camera for like a frame and the guy throws the camera down. So it's like, you know, he like, this is already something off limits. He's not supposed to do it. Bottom line, Jaw. Find some better friends, or maybe maybe he's the bad influence. Or at least I didn't find see a anybody friend who can hold guns. the camera steady. What in the? <laughs> did you watch the video? The camera shaking was literally the most offensive thing that happened in that whole video. So, all right. So yeah, the job market obviously is in the tank. Uh, let's hit new releases quick because then we can do Jonathan. And I can bail out early on this thing. Is that cool with you? Yeah, that's fine. I've got a few news things to talk about, but I'll either if we don't have time, I'll either save it till Thursday when it's solo, or I'll just talk once you leave. Yes or no? Is Lorcana on your list? Well, I never got to talk about it last time. I'm just asking a question. Don't forget defensive. I'm just saying, yeah, Sheesh. it's on there. It's on there briefly. Okay. What, what do you got for new releases? What do we got? Uh, let's start Crown Royal. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm whelmed. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not underwhelmed. I like the product. I don't like the rookie class. It's just that it, it hasn't changed. Uh, I don't like the timing, obviously, either. What's the price here? Like, Because now I'm curious. Do you only have this year's price or do you have past year by chance? I, I only have this year, but I could get it really quick. Um, this year's price four twenty nine. You'll be happy. It's less than that. Okay, it's three seventy five. Yeah. Okay. But I I've seen some people talking about like uh, I guess some people are I've already been pulling some or ripping some of this. Uh, there was like some kaboom hype for uh, who was oh, it? Oh, Luca the LeBron kaboom. Oh yeah, and Dude, there's a LeBron. Yeah, this is an amazing card though. The image on the LeBron, by the way, hats off to Panini on this one. I actually think this is a great, great example of, a, of photography here and like capturing the moment. It's him walking off the, like on the court with his hands up. It's that's the image from when he broke the, the all time points record. I oh, think this needs to happen more, cool. by the way, when when major things happen, I think this should be incorporated if you can onto certain cards or inserts. I think it's awesome. But like cards that are then put into good products not like because there's like tops now where they'll Correct. do something like I don't, that yeah, yeah i don't need that but but like yeah. with this a kaboom of, of lebron in that moment awesome by the way 2021 sells for 370 yeah. so like five dollars less that's what i mean i, I don't like it i don't like i, I know paulo outsells i think everybody last year aside from Jalen green i'm not sure how they compare but i would rather have last year's product than this year so i think Mathurin, Ivy, Jabari Smith, Keegan, Keegan Murray. Murray. Yeah. yeah, some of those guys. But it is funny that there just wasn't anybody that anyone desperately fell in love with out of that class. Okay, so yeah, I'm, I'm an average. I breaks only for me. I'm not touching that as a personal. Okay, um, next one. Let's go over. Well, we'll save uh, the Bowman Inception for last. How about Flawless? What's the cost on Flawless? So if we're talking first off the line, or are we talking just a standard First box? off the line was going to be 12.5, wasn't it? Yeah, and it is. That's what they're saying, at least. I mean, granted, this doesn't come out in Panini's site. I assume that's what it's going to sell for on Panini's site. 12.5 for first off the Friday. line. When does yes. it start, do you know? Uh, Friday. When's Hobby release? Friday. They're, no, they're not showing the, both. Yeah, they're, they're not, not the, both on Friday? No, no. This first both, first off the line always comes out earlier. Um, well, this is showing, at least Blowout is saying it's both 519, but let me double check. Um, but as of right now, it is saying twelve five, and then eleven thousand for a standard box. I mean, I have no, again. I, some guys are going to love this, and it's good. Good for them. I'm I'm all set with either of those. I don't really? have. Yeah, okay. that's just I, at that price point. What am I supposed to do with it? I, I don't even. Know, yeah. I don't even have much use to break it. Honestly, that's so expensive. It's ridiculous. Do, right, so are you says, familiar with the whole first off the line concept of like you get better odds of pulling some of the bigger stuff in that product? Like, well, they have exclusive SKUs that, that on some of the bigger stuff. There's only in first off the line. Okay, okay, so that's what the big difference is. All right, um, yeah, it's funny. It just says, oh, it's live in three days. Twelve, live almost in three four days. days. Twenty three yeah, so hours. Right. Yeah, first off the line. Oh, this is base. I'm sorry, I'm not looking at first off the line. Huh. I'm, I don't see the first, I can't find the first off the line on their site. I will tell you one thing on their site I actually think is a good buy is Optic. Optic basketball shares 300 bucks. I think that's solid. Doesn't matter. Uh, either way, first off the line, if you're loaded, go crazy. Like buy flawless if you have a bunch of money to spend. If you love the big chase, plenty of guys will do it. I don't have a lot of use for it. It's, it to me, it's gotten so out of hand pricing. I just, you're, you're shot of any kind of ROI or just shattered. Yeah, I, I hate that because I really, really want one of those cards, but I cannot see a, 
a world where I'm buying into a break for what, like 600 bucks or something like that. Like it would be crazy. I mean, yeah, I don't even know a lot of money. Decent team. Like I assume like there's like cheap teams on there for like two to 300 for a mid range team, like six. And then like for, I don't know if you wanted like the Curry or LeBron or something, you got to pay out the tooth, uh, uh, whatever. No, no, you're right. Out the tooth. Yep. Out the tooth. Is it, what is it? Out the, pay out the, is it out the butt? Is that how they Just, say it? I don't know. <laughs> Teeth and butts. Good. You did good. What's the next product? Bowman Inception University. Oh, and we've talked about this a bunch. It releases Friday. What's weird is I saw Blow It actually dropped the price to 179 Uh, They did. Yes. I, that's what I was going to. I thought the price went down, but I figured you would remember what pricing was when we talked about it last uh, but yeah, blowout is down to 179. However, uh, like Steel City is at 200. So yeah, I, I still think this probably settles in the 220 to 250 range. Uh, when Banyama, yeah, Caitlin Clark, Bryce Young, Caleb Williams, all these guys, and and I'm sticking by what I said. I think you're going to find out a lot of these guys are exclusive autograph signers with fanatics, which then people are going to go back and chase this product because I think it's going to be insane. So, oh, do are any of them? That we know of, um, besides Wimbenyana, exclusive to Fanatics. We don't even know that. That's just my theory. That hasn't been oh, confirmed. We haven't, oh, I thought that was confirmed. Caitlin oh, Clark, okay. though, is. I believe Caitlin Clark, it was announced she signed an exclusive deal with Tops and Fanatics, uh, the women's uh, uh, NCAA, NCAA Women's Player of the Year. And I, I didn't realize this either. She's going back next year to school. She's not old enough uh, for the draft. Oh, really? You know what's funny? I went into um, Shep's, the little I heard all about here it. in Henderson. He's like, your boy came in here looking for that weird Disney stuff. I did. I don't. Um, the he said that as far as Bowman Inception goes, though, uh, the, he has a guy who came in. He's like literally doesn't care about the price. He just wanted a case because his he rips with his daughter, and his daughter loves Caitlin Clark. It's like when is the when has there ever been a time where she's been this hyped like in a mainstream product? He's like, just give it to me. I, I don't care what it is. I, I wonder how many fathers or, or people are going to be going after that kind of product. Yeah, we'll have personal boxes on sale this weekend, and then we'll we'll figure out a way. Like I said, I don't know an, another way to do it other than random letter breaks, either first or last name letter. You get a letter, and if you get that guy, you know, if you get the W, you get Victor's spot, the one Banyama spot, I guess. But I, I really don't have a great answer on how to do that. Pick your players too complicated. So, uh, but I do. I think it's going to be an awesome product. So, it, by the way, it's pay through your teeth. I figured it out. There you so go. That's now we're now we're there. Teeth through your um, butt. Nailed it. <laughs> All right, Jonathan Mayo from the MLB.com pipeline, wherever he knows a lot about MLB. I like that you asked him that just so we could butcher the intro. That's good. We're off to a good start. Here's what we really want to plug is his book, but we're going to save that till the end. So, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining to talk about prospects in the MLB. We hear you're like the man to talk to. Is that right? The man is maybe Jim Callis, but uh, I'm contractually obligated to give my partner in crime some credit. But I appreciate the shout out. Should we be talking to Jim? Like, what are we now? I feel like we're getting the B team here. Uh, yeah, this is I'm, I'm much more entertaining than Jim's. Okay. Oh, well, we'll take that. Jim sounds yeah. like an absolute drip. I'll tell you that knowledgeable guy, but just a drip. Okay. Uh, Jonathan, you told us offline like, before we talk, like prospecting is your thing, which is actually perfect. Like that is kind of, I, I guess my first question, are you into cards? No, not really. Um, but I, but, but I, you know, I, I enjoy them. Uh, I think, I think any way that people can plug into uh, into baseball is is good by me. Okay. Um, I, I am kind of curious, like, w- before we dive too deep into, like, specific players, like, what distinguishes a, you know, a, a prospect baseball player from the average player at the minor league level? I mean, I think it's a, you know, a combination of, you know, it starts out in terms of, for us in terms of scouting evaluation and, and what scouts think they're going to be. And that for, you know, starts with them as amateurs, you know, coming out of the draft or internationally. And then eventually they have to produce, right. You know, you, we've all seen these guys who have unbelievable tools or uh, something they do really, really well. They can throw really hard, but it never works for them and you never for them and you never see them reach the big leagues. And that happens all the time. So I think it's that combination of the, tools and then be able to turn that potential into production. Now, how long have you been doing this, Jonathan? Uh, been focusing on prospects at MLB.com since 2003. So 20 years. I've been at MLB.com since 99. How old are you, Jonathan? Wait a minute. You guys sounds wicked I'm young. I'm 170. 
Really? Oh, you sound I'm really good. I was born on a, yeah. on a leap year, so I don't know how you count it. No, I'm 52. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. This guy does not sound 52. Now I almost want the camera to go on so I can get well, I appreciate That's that. Fine. I have no hair and a white be- and a white goatee, so that will would prove my point. So you look the part, but you don't sound the part. Thank you. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Jesse, continue. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan, so before we went off on that tangent, I was going to ask you, so over the last 23, uh, 20 years, you've probably seen some changes as far as like how scouting goes. I, it seems to me like you watch a movie, it's like, you know, scouts like uh, Clint Eastwood are out there watching guys play it playing ball and it's like oh i can hear the crack of the bat or watch them play but Trouble obviously the there's a lot of is that what you're talking about that, there are there are references to that yes but okay. there are there's obviously analytics sure. there's data science that goes into all of this how like how much is that weighted versus like seeing a guy actually play versus the hard I data i think you know the teams that do it right or the best there's no right because it's all subjective um you know use a hybrid and use a combination of those things i, I think you know, you can make the mistake of going, you know, tilting too far towards the the data and analytics. I think if they're very important uh, pieces of information, but you need to to see what a player can do. You know, because there have been plenty of players, especially in the amateur world, who you know they might register huge exit velocities or they might throw 110, uh, but they don't have a feel for how to set up a hitter or a feel for the game you have to know how to play so i think you know you need to be able to sort of take a little from column a and a little from column b and the teams that do that are the ones i think have the most sustained success in in getting prospects up to the big leagues fun baseball card fact for you jonathan biggest hobby bust at least of this recent generation mickey moniak the kid in the 2016 draft he came out and he was supposed to be like the guy one of the first guys who's first uh, it's called Bowman. First Bowman Chrome Auto. It was like a hundred dollars, which back then was a big deal. Out of a pack, hundred bucks. He was called, we called him Mickey Money Back because you, you hit an auto, you were good to go. That was the first real bust I remember in the past decade. Yeah, I mean, and uh, he kind of came on the scene. Uh, I don't want to say last minute. He was more thought of as an end of the first rounder, and then had a huge senior year of high school. Uh, and ended up the number one overall pick, which still was a you know a little bit of a surprise, but he had worked his way into that. Um, you know, into that conversation, I, I, I still want to believe in him a little bit, not to that extent. Like he's maybe a fourth outfielder at best, but he just hasn't hit, you know, hitting a baseball is hard. Oh, so I have one other question, more of a basic question before I let Mike get into more specifics and some card related stuff. But is there a specific player that you would say has shown the most development over the past season? The most, you mean in terms of guys in the big leagues? Well, I, I would say like someone who may still be in the minors, but close to the big leagues or someone who has transitioned I, I to think, the big you leagues. Know, the, the reason why I asked, you know, for, for specifics there is like a guy like Jared Kelnick really jumps to front of mind because he was a guy who was a huge prospect and seemed because he was producing in the minor leagues and was such a good hitter. Uh, we all thought this guy's going to hit when he gets to the big leagues. And then he didn't. And you're like, all right, a lot of guys struggle right away. We use all the time. The fact Mike Trout did not hit when he first got to the big leagues, got sent back down. <clears throat> Obviously, I think he's figured it out. Um, but Kelnick like had a couple of opportunities and just couldn't get out of his own way and really, really struggled to the point where you worry, is it gonna, is he gonna run out of opportunities or is he never gonna figure it out? And I think what we're seeing this year is him figuring it out. Um, and then, you know, I think he's a, a really good example that there isn't one straight path necessarily. It, it can take all sorts of different shapes and sizes in terms of guys becoming legitimate big leaguers. Yeah. I'm happy to see that too. He's another dude. 2018, he was the guy in Bowman draft and then just, yeah, totally fell off the map in 2020. So nice to see him rebounding some. Um, I was So here's what I was hoping to do then, Jonathan. So we just had a, one of the biggest, if not the biggest baseball release of the year happened. Uh, Jesse, what was it? Two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? 2023 Bowman, it's called. It's a lot of uh, first autos of a lot of guys. And now that there's enough, you know, we've had enough time where we're starting to see the separation. So I'm just curious. I kind of just want you to go, if we can, I'll throw some names at you. I'm going to kind of go off the hierarchy here. Current value, because what we try to do, too, is like instill some value to the customer. Like, hey, like this guy's a great prospect, but 
you know, he's not going to be a great hobby prospect because, you know, in other words, hey, this guy's great, but I would sell him now, or this guy's the type of guy you think long-term could just be a stud and people need to be patient. Um, so number one on the list, by far the most, the highest selling guy is Drew Jones. Like his, just to put in perspective, he's averaging probably three to 325 for a base autograph right now. He's one of the only guys I've talked about where I like Drew Jones. I think he can, he will be able to play once he gets back on the field, but I don't think he's got big league power enough to sustain because, because home run power is really what the hobby thrives on. I'm, to me, he's a guy I sell right now and buy back in six months to a year when he's cheaper. But I'm just kind of curious, what is his forecast as a player in your opinion? And, and Jonathan, before you answer, just to put that in perspective, that's about two times, about one and a half to two times the next best-selling player, just about. Right. And without knowing how the industry works, if, if he goes out this year and doesn't like put up decent numbers in the minor leagues, I imagine the, the value of the card will take a hit. Yeah, if he goes out and goes Kalenic, 2019 Kalenic, this, this $350 auto is going to be 100 bucks. So then, yeah, I think from a, from a financial standpoint, what you're suggesting makes sense. Cause I don't, you know, he may not produce a whole lot this year. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I think the power is going to come. So I would make sure you get that card back. You know, I just, am I basing it solely on bloodlines? I might be. Um, but you know, it's, you know, his dad grew into a whole lot of power. Now, Drew Jones's frame is slender, right? But there's enough bat speed and there's strength. It's whippy strength right now. I I think that he he will get there, but I could totally see sort of in in your kind of world uh, selling now and then buying back if someone is willing to to buy it for what you need it now. I mean, but he's only got ten games of pro experience, so you could easily say, "Oh, number two pick in the draft, tools up the wazoo." You know, all the reasons that made him so valuable to to begin with as a, as a prospect still hold true. Okay. Uh, next two guys, and these guys kind of just, again, by reference, selling about $200 for the same card, Spencer Jones and Junior Caminero. What's, what's your feeling oh, on those two guys? I am all in on Junior Caminero. I am all in. He is the most sought-after guy right now. Like, Drew Jones came out with the hype. Junior has been the most, has increased the most, I would say, over the last couple of weeks. People are all over him. You know, sometimes you have to, to, uh, take into account the organization and the race, the race just know how to do it, man. Like, you know, uh, this is a guy who they, uh, we, we joke all the time that if the Rays call you for a trade and they're asking for some guy in from the Dominican summer league or a complex league, hang up the phone because invariably they, they acquire these guys who end up being really, really good. He's a teenager and he is absolutely going off in high A ball. Like I, I am all in on Junior Caminero. So uh, I am not as excited about Spencer Jones, uh, although you know he's he's off to a very good start. Uh, I think he has a chance to be good. I am worried about the approach. I think the the power is legit. He can run, so it's a good power speed combination. Uh, but I'm a little bit worried about, you know, as he gets to higher levels, whether or not it's as sustainable just because of the, you know, like the swing and miss and he doesn't, he's not drawing a ton of walks and that can catch up to you as you, as you get higher. So I, I would be a little more cautious on him, but if you like the, you know, uh, the power speed combo, I, a few years ago, I, I feel like the game is shifting back now a little bit, but the pendulum had shifted where. If you had a guy who could give you 20, 20 or 30, 30 and strike out 190 times, no one cared. And I don't know if that's still the case. Yeah. And the other thing going against Spencer Jones, well, it works for him and against him. There's always a notion if, if you're a Yankee prospect, we're going to pay more for you. But we also know that you're probably not as good as your pricing simply that's because you're fair, a Yankee prospect. But he's like six foot six. People are going to. I hate tall gonna, people. That doesn't people do are it gonna for me. Talk about, no, I'm just talking to people are going to. People are going to make <laughs> the Iron Judge comp too. So. Okay. All right. So yeah, so it sounds, but junior sounds like to you actually justifying the yes. price because a lot of people are saying this upside there. So, so that there's now a huge drop. We go from three and a quarter on average for Drew Jones, those two guys about 200, the next range, it, it, there's a little bit of variance here, but call it a hundred dollars. So about half of Spencer and junior, you've got four guys, Cam Collier, uh, but Matt Mervis for the Cubs and DePaula. I guess that's only three guys. DePaula for the Dodgers. 
Um, so I'll punt on DePaula. I don't, I don't know enough about him. Um, and some people know, like we split up our, our team lists and I don't do the Dodgers lists. Um, so he's not front of mind to me. Um, I love Max Mervis. Um, I have a little bit of a bias. I'm Jewish. He played for team Israel. Um, so like, I love him (laughs) and, but I've talked to him. Uh, in the Arizona Fall League, he's this big, huge guy, and you think like he's just going to be a masher who may hit two twenty, but he's got a short swing. He's quick to the ball. I think he's going to hit. So I, I, I'm going to guess his value is up just because he got called up. You know, I don't know if it took spike there, but I think Absolutely. I think that yep. um, I, I think he has a chance to be pretty good, and it's kind of a, it's a great story because. Uh, he didn't, he wasn't drafted. Um, it was 2020. It was a shortened draft or only five rounds of that draft, but, uh, he signed as a non-drafted free agent. He's super smart. I, I think he's going to maximize his, you know, his ability, um, you know, in terms of that. And I, uh, who, and who was the other guy I've heard? Of him. Oh, Cam Collier for the yeah, Reds was the so third guy. I, I like him a lot. I think he's going to hit. He was super young for his draft class. He's like, you know, this is a good, he, he reclassified and went to junior college like a year early, sort of like Bryce Harper did hit really well. Then went to the Cape Cod league and actually performed halfway decently given he was like 17 and he's facing college players. Um, so I, I, you know, another MLB bloodlines guy, I, I'd, I'd be bullish on him. Um, and it was what, is it Ho, uh, Hosu DePaula, the, the Dodgers? Yeah. Yep. You know, he's in the top 10 of their system. The Dodgers are another one that I lean towards believing in just because they seem to, to find guys, especially internationally. Um, random factoid, he's Stefan Marbury's cousin, if you remember him. That's the other reason people like him. He's a Dodgers prospect, and the Marbury connection, they say he's got some big media stuff too, so yeah, there's kind of like a little bit of off-field sort of, hype it's there sort too. sort of interesting, because sometimes you worry about like a guy coming from, you know, say the, the, from the Dominican and like getting used to the, the transition, the cultural transition, but he's a guy who's actually was born in Brooklyn. You know, so he, it, uh, that wouldn't be as much of a problem. And he's got some really good offensive tools. So again, that's one of those like, Look at the Dodgers, and I think they know what they're doing. Um, they develop players well, and I would imagine that if he can make it in that market, that's only going to add value to the card, right? Absolutely, yeah. That's, again, the kind of the perfect storm. Uh, so let me throw a couple teams at you, because I don't want to waste your time on guys like if you're not super familiar. So we got the Mariners, the Phillies, I, the, the Twins. three are mine. Hit me. Okay, so Montez is the Mariners guy who's selling, again, in perspective, selling for about 75 bucks. But the Mariners are a weird team. They're kind of a three-headed beast in this product. Montez sells the best. Michael Arroyo, because I think he just got a promoter, was at least playing well. His stuff just jumped up recently. He's doing 50 bucks. And then Gabriel Gonzalez is the other guy, about 50 bucks. Uh, just kind of a quick, I know we're going to get out of here, but like, yeah, where are you at on those I mean, guys? They're all far away. I mean, Montez hasn't even played a game in the States yet. So... You know, uh, the, I, I wonder if like international prospects in Seattle, just because of Julio Rodriguez, people think, oh, well, he's going to do that. Sure. He's really good. And he signed for, you know, two and a half million dollars. So there's a lot of hype. And he had a really good str- debut. I mean, I probably would hold on to him, you know, because I, I don't think like it's selling, you know, and, and, and do better. Morales is off to a better start this year. He's repeating a level. Um, I don't, I don't know. Pitching is tough. So I, I think I would be less on him. Gonzalez might be the guy that I believe in the most. Um, and maybe that's just because he's done it in the States now. Um, he's hitting an A ball, although the California league is a good place to hit. Um, but those are all, uh, it doesn't sound like the price tag's too, too high, you know, but they're all like it'll probably three, maybe four years away from you know, being big league ready. All right. So then last name, very last one, I'll throw you Justin Crawford for the Phillies came up with a lot of hype again, selling for about a third of Spencer Jones, about, you know, a fifth of what drew Jones is at roughly. Yeah. Where are you I at mean, that him? sounds like a good value to me. Um, I think he's going to hit, 
he's got that, you know, he's got that one tool you can't teach, which is speed. You know, he's at least a 70 runner on the 2080 scouting scale. Um, I, I think the one question is how much is he going to impact the baseball? And I think, I think he's going to get there again. MLB bloodlines probably helped the value there. Um, show you how old I am. I covered his dad when his dad played in the futures game. So he was a prospect. Was Carl, is Carl yes, his dad? Carl's Carl his dad. I still hate him as a Red Sox fan. So thanks Carl. <laughs> but so, you know, some of that, the figures into his value, but I think it also is going to help him. You know, kind of grew up around it, knows what to expect. The whole nature versus nurture thing with the MLB bloodlines thing is fascinating to me. And I, I think he is going to figure out. So I, I'd, I'd grab that card. Nice. Uh, Jonathan, I know we tease you got a book coming out too. Can you kind of plug that for us so the audience knows where to find it? Available for pre-order, you know, on, on most places where you would look for, for books, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, places like that. It's called Smart, Long and Smart, Wrong and Lucky, The Origin Stories of Baseball's Unexpected Stars. It was basically stemmed from, you know, I talk to scouts all the time and they all have stories of guys that they drafted kind of later on weren't weren't as as appreciated as amateur players who then far exceeded expectations so the albert pujols's jacob de grom uh mookie betts joey vado uh, lorenzo kane guys like that that um you know what sinks is i had two other questions for you one of them was did you have any uh, can you name any late round picks that have turned into successful major league players I don't even want just you to answer. I just want I to encourage people to go get the book. Yeah, just read the book. <laughs> um, but okay, so then one last question uh, before you go. Do you, are, is there anyone that we didn't talk about that you're excited about uh, that you would want to make sure people are keeping an eye I on? I mean, there are so many. And I kind of was scanning the list of that of that that Bowman set, like first cards and things like that. You know who I like? You know, he was up in the big league, so he's made out of it. But uh, Edouard Julien of the Twins. Oh yeah, actually he was on my list. He so he's selling for fifty yeah, bucks to kind I of mean, give you a reference, Johnson. I, I don't know if I'm just enamored of the whole French Canadian thing, but like he draws walks, he can really, really, really hit. And I've always been a firm believer that if you can hit, you're going to find your way into a big league lineup. And I think this is a guy who, you know, I don't know if he wins batting titles, but like he can hit. He's got power. Defense is in question, but. Uh, you know, I, I think you just you find a way for that bat to get into the line. He got a little taste this year. Um, and I think he's going to find a, a way to be a mainstay in that Twins lineup very, very soon. Plus, it's just fun to say Edouard Julien. I just like that we're finally getting some Jewish, French, Canadian bias on the show. We haven't well, had I mean, enough of that. Seriously, so I, I the world like hasn't to, had enough of that. Yeah, I like that we're mixing it up. Perfect. <laughs> I don't have anything to say. Other, you don't want to close it out after that, I, Jesse? Is that? Uh, hey, Jesus was a Jew, so you're in good company. That's, <laughs> That's all true. I know. So. That's a meet the parents parents at the end of this. All right. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, Jonathan. It was an absolute pleasure. Your knowledge is outstanding. Please come back again. Yeah, we'll see. Awesome. Thank you. Perfect ending, actually. Thank you, Jonathan. All right, Jesse, close us out. I'm on vacation. I don't want to be here. So I'm actually happy to hear. I will say, though, I don't know. I always struggle with how much of the audience will relate to and be interested in a subject. But I actually like the whole, hey, here's what the hobby thinks of a guy. Like that dude's been doing it for, what do you say, 25 years? Like, what does he think of it? That actually, I know some people don't care. I actually get, I'm actually, I, I will nerd out on that segment. No well, joke. I think there's a lot of like overlap between the two. And especially like if there's going to be anybody who listens from the ringer who's not already into cards, that's where you're going to draw those guys in. So um, before we do go, let's just at least, I already threw out a mailbag. We got a decent amount of questions. We don't have to do a ton of them, but let's just try and get Can you a run, few. Are you capable okay. of rapid run. fire on this? I just for vacation sake. Dylan, John Blatz wants to know, can you feel any hype in the streets of Florida over the Panthers deep playoff push? They're, uh, he says they're his dog's favorite team. I'm, I'm happy for your dog. I don't care about hockey. I care even less that the Bruins are eliminated. But yes, if you're a Panthers fan, go nuts. They're going on a championship run. I hope they win it all for him. I'm rooting for the Panthers now just because of that guy. Thank you, Dylan. <laughs> uh, Eric Wiesen, uh, Wiesenforth and Doesn't Clint matter. Hayes, we got y'all's questions about Jaw. Um, if anything else comes up, we'll report about it. Let's do this. Uh, I didn't ask this because I don't think he was going to know it, but Brandon Steck wanted to know for the Bowman guy and or for Geo, there are a few rookie catchers that had a lot of hype in the minors in her in 2023 products. Gabriel Marino and Shea Langoliers. 
Thoughts on these guys. Uh, Thoughts on these guys long term. I like Shea. Again, Shea's a dude who came up, I want to say it was 2019 in the draft uh, with Atlanta, and people were high on him then. He got traded to the A's, I don't know, either last year or the year before. I think Shea can play. Moreno's, I don't know anything about. That's I believe that's a kid for the Indians. I don't know enough about him, but I do like Langoliers, and he's dirt cheap. So, um, Mike James, he has questions about Lorcana, what the, why the push, why I care. Um, I will go into that on Thursday's show. I'll answer Jesse's that more in depth. a pump and dumper. That's not. <laughs> I actually, there are a lot of really interesting things I'll share. Um, let's go, John Loriati. Thank you. Um, this question we didn't get to, but Nathan Hamilton wanted to know, who do you think the next prospects are that will get called up soon and get a, uh, that could make a big impact for their team? Did you have any thoughts on that, Mike? I have no idea on the call-up schedule. Yeah, I have no clue. I will say, though, the only other guy on my list that we didn't talk about was Jacob Berry. Super high pick in the draft, but he had his first auto in Bowman. I do think he's interesting. A couple other quick notes, too, is the Dodgers have three other guys. Dodgers and Mariners, why I like those teams, by the way. You, you can miss the main guy and still do well. And then for whatever reason, I don't know why this kid's selling well, but Ben Brown, the pitcher for the Cubs, kind of playing second fiddle to Mervis now, which he should. I mean, Mervis sells really high. But there are some, I would say that's another thing I would do with this product. Look at other, and by the way, I bring all this up too, and today was perfect timing. When I get back in town at the end of the week, we will be heavily revising our PYT listing and pricing because now we have, you know, stats and numbers to go off of. But I do think you got to kind of spend some time looking for the, for those second tier guys. Again, I don't know about call-ups. I have no clue, but anyways. Um, this question is actually kind of more for the audience. So if you guys have any information on this, you want to answer now or how does that uh, If they want to shout it out, we'll see if we can hear them. Uh, Cole Benz asked the question following redemption stories on social media. I've read a few times that tops has moved offices, which is causing a delay in mailed redemptions. Is there any truth that you know of to this? Unless you already know or have heard anybody else say anything about it. Yeah, I haven't heard anything. So I would be curious if anyone else has any information. Other than that, there's a couple other baseball shows. I know you want to get to the beach. Uh, We'll we'll get out of here. I'll let you leave. What are you doing Thursday? Who's the guest? Uh, So it's a guy. uh, Actually, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but it's a guy who he, he actually is really entertaining. He has a YouTube channel that has a good amount of followers. Uh, he is big into the hobby. He's also big into like, uh, protecting that investment and then like viewing it more of an investment style. So we're going to talk to him for a little bit. Uh, I may see if Jason wants to come on, um, from sports cards United. Uh, other than that, I wanted to talk cards United. Yeah. Dang it. I've said that so many times. It's the S there's too many S's. Um, but ultimately I did want to update on a few other, uh, sport related things. And non-sport mainly. So there you go. That's going to be the the highlight of the show on Thursday with maybe a secret guest. We'll see. Exciting. All right. Are you going to close it out? Your show today. I mean, what are we doing here? Oh, yeah. I guess. Yeah. You know, uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you again to Jonathan Mike from tuning in from Florida. He didn't have to, but he's a real champ. Uh, this show is brought to you by The Ringer, powered by Spotify. Oh, I nailed it almost. And uh, we this look forward to seeing so you on bad. Thursday. See you Thursday. Goodbye. Bye.